From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 podcast powered by our proud partners, NSR, National Scouting Report. They are the world's leading authority on all athletic college recruiting. You can get more information on regarding them on Twitter, X, I guess, as we call it now, right? At NSR now, as well as on Instagram at NSR underscore NOW. And you can get more information on the many great things they're doing on their website at NSR-Inc.com. My next guest, he joins us. He's a very, very big fan of his, doing some great things, going through lots of change in his life, joining us for episode 106. He is Rusty Oglesby, the new president of United Soccer Coaches, as well as the new head women's soccer coach of Hardin-Simmons. Coach, how are you? I'm great, man. It's a, I, I don't have enough room. I'm going to run out of characters when I have to type that into my profile now and everything with, with all those different things going on there. That's that's funny to read that. I'm not used to seeing that like in print in front of me. So, man, just before we get started, Hector, just thank you so much. Uh, I love your podcast. Love being able to follow you guys and very honored. I know the people that have been on here in the past. And so I'm just very honored and humbled to be on here today. So thank you so much for this opportunity. And think what you do for for the game of soccer, especially uh, locally, uh, San Antonio, high school area, different things like that. Just thank you so much for what you do for us, brother. No, I appreciate you, sir. I'm humbled, humbled to get words like that, to get praise, our team to get praise like that from an individual such as yourself. Great coach, big fan of, you know, and we're going to get into that later as well, but just sure. the things you've done at so many different levels and uh, grateful to have you. We're thankful for your time. Um, and yeah, you know, we're going to dive into hit on a lot of cool things. We got a lot of great stuff to get to, but Man, before before we do there, uh, Coach Oglesby, wanted to bring in a kind of surprise guest who kind of wanted oh, to kind of get in some words here. No, no, <laughs> not this guy. No, I've saw enough of this guy in Anaheim. You might recognize him. He is the oh. CEO of United Soccer Coaches, Mr. Jeff Van Dusen. Jeff, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for letting me join in. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. What's up, brother? How's everything going, man? Hey, it's great. I just wanted to pop on and say congratulations and I'm so excited for this upcoming year for you being the president of the United Soccer Coaches. We're going to do some great things together, and and uh, I I look forward to this year for you personally and for the association, and for hopefully you're going to add a few more stars to that uh, shirt there. I hope so, man. That that one's lonely. We need to get some more on there. There's no doubt. So I'm ready no for pressure. Number two already. No pressure. No pressure from Jeff already. No, no, no. No pressure, no diamonds. We have that old saying. No pressure, no diamonds. Right. I'm a big fan, a big fan of Jeff's already. You know, he approached us, you know, approached us last night. We were talking about he kind of wanted to come on here, <clears throat> come on here, coach, and surprise you, right? And said it's like, hey, what a better way than kind of sneak in here. He's not yeah. expecting it and just kind of uh, get him going, lead him off on the right foot, I guess, right? You know, 
I'll say this, Jeff and I have had a very fun uh, relationship. We, we get to work hand in hand now as president and CEO, but before that we got to be friends. And it's not every day that in the world that, that we deal in and the things that we come across that you can do those two things and have a relationship where theoretically, I guess you could say I'm his boss on some level. And I hate that term and I hate that, that nomenclature about it. But at the end of the day, the cool thing is that we can be that. And we have a very, very incredible relationship where it's, it's all about the association, no holds barred, mm -hmm. say what we need to say, fight for each other in the room and fight for each other when we're out of the room. So it's a, it's a great relationship and uh, we're just really thrilled about everything that's going on. Awesome. Great stuff. Go ahead, Jeff. I agree with that. That's uh, I, I think one of the best things is, is there's no agenda, right? For either yeah. of us, personal agenda, the agenda is about the members of our association and making sure that our coaches have what they need and have what, and the association has what it needs uh, to be a powerful influence on all the coaches out there at youth level, high school level, college level, pro level, whatever we need. Uh, we we're, we're, we're making sure that we have every aspect available for coaches. So the question, I guess one of the questions I have right away, you know, because very rarely, right, I think like today is our lucky day in terms of the podcast because we have not only the, the president but the CEO of United Soccer Coaches on here. So I guess the question I have is, you know, you, you've known each other for a long time. You guys are great, great friends and great professionals as well. Um, how, uh, what has you all maybe the most excited about being able to work together for that greater good in terms of what United Soccer Coaches stands for? I think I think my favorite part is that there's just an incredible um, vision and collegiality about it. Like it's we, we have no trouble picking up the phone and calling each other and saying, hey, dude, I got this crazy idea. What are your thoughts on this? And it's never like, no, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's let me think about that. Let's look at what that looks like. I mean, we, I was doing some of those things yesterday. Um, we're we're constantly trying to grow partnerships and challenge uh, each other to drive new revenue streams and different things like that. And And so there can't be stupid thoughts when you're trying to create something new, if that makes sense. And so, mm -hmm. um, so you have to throw those things up against somebody and it's great to have a friend that you can bounce those ideas off of. Um, and then it, it just, it allows us to, you know, really see what that looks like. Uh, he's privy to information that we as a board get to learn from him. And we as a board get to take back our knowledge of everything in the game from such, you know, vast different 11 different people's perspectives to take it back to him to say, how about this as a guiding tool for you? And so I think the good part about that is that we've been waiting, I think, for this time where he and I already had a relationship. So there's not a learning curve. Right. So typically right. it takes over and it's like, congratulations, here's your new quote boss. And y'all go work together and make it work for 365 days. Well, Jeff and I've been doing that for almost 11 years now on some level. And so um, whether it's the convention, whether it's education, whether it's all these different items that we deal with in soccer, we, we may not always see perfectly eye to eye on everything, but we know exactly kind of what the other one's thinking and how to move across those lines and work through that to come to some kind of answer. And, and I think that's the best part is we don't have to relearn each other. We just get to step right into the role and keep moving. That, that, that excites me. That, that's always the guide in light too is, is again, I think it's always what's best for the association and we both feel that way. And, yeah. uh, and, and when we run into trouble, right. Or when we, uh, when we have disagreements with others, it's usually because it doesn't have uh, the association's best interest at heart. 
and mm-hmm. uh, but we we are step and step on that, and I think so is the board, which is interesting because in my position, you know, I have to work with a new president every year, and I have to basically answer to the board, and of course the members, but. Uh, having a, a great relationship with uh, the president and the CEO, it, it, it really just makes things smooth. And, uh, you know, for the governance piece of it, for uh, the, the, the fiscal responsibility, and also just new initiatives. Uh, some of those crazy ideas came across my desk yesterday from Rusty. So, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, we got them. So it might be early in the morning, might be middle of the day, and it might be late at night. But uh, we're we're in touch with each other, and and uh, I I love that. So Rusty's just a big vision guy, uh, and, and I think that that really helps uh, with his career already. Uh, I think that's really going to help with his new role. Uh, he's going to be a fantastic collegiate coach, and uh, I'm so excited for. I, you know, I, I'm really excited for him and his beautiful family, but I'm really excited for the players that get to play underneath him and mm-hmm. and and the coaches that will be affected uh, not only uh, on the sidelines with him, but also in the athletic department, uh, but also in their conference in Division three. I, I, I think he's going to have a major influence on on uh, college soccer. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate that. It's great. And. Jeff, so we know you're a busy man. So before we let you, uh, obviously, before we let you go, so we know you got other things you got to do, and we're grateful for your time here. But while I have both of you, is there any, I don't know, any maybe little teasers, anything that's kind of coming down soon from the association that you guys can at least share, give a little bit of insight on anything? Well, I, I, I think, you know, we were just in Anaheim last week which for the convention. Uh, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, planning for Chicago uh, in January 25 will be, it, it starts next week already. And yeah. I, I know that that's amazing. Uh, uh, Going to be an amazing experience. I think our education courses uh, under our new uh, director of coaching education, uh, Rob Herringer, is, is going to be amazing. And what I love about our education, and this is something that Rusty is really uh, honed in on and, and, and supportive is, 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 is I think that our education teaches you how to coach, right? It's reality-based coaching and how do you, it's not recipe-based coaching where anybody can print off a, uh, a training session and go try and execute it. But reality-based coaching is taking that training session and really bringing it to life and making sure that your players are getting the most out of that. Because each training session has different set of issues that that piece of paper you printed off won't solve. The coach has to solve that. Mm-hmm. And I think Rusty's a big believer in that. Uh, and, and, and so that is something that I think our education schedule this year is, is really going to bring out and highlight. And so I, I think that's a, a big initiative for, for us this year to make sure that coaches have that accessibility and it's affordable and uh, we're bringing that coaching education to communities all across the country. Great stuff. And uh, Rusty, before we let Jeff go, any uh, any any final thoughts? Anything else you'd like to share? I know you guys talk all the time, obviously, but uh, <laughs> while we have I'm them on here, we can share. I'm thinking, trying to think what both of us could share on a podcast that doesn't get us in trouble. Typically, uh, <laughs> no. Just just uh, again, just a just a great friend. Uh, it, it's it's an awesome opportunity. It's not every day you get to work with people. 
um, that you like, right? A lot of times in these situations, I've been on several boards and sometimes you just are in a situation where this is what you're, you're kind of dealt and this is where you work through it. And then there's situations like this where you look forward to the last, I've been on the board now for four and a half years and, um, and, and I got to see this growth and change and now we get to be a part of it together. And so that's, that's fantastic. You know, last year he got to come down and came to a bears game and, uh, you know, we're both moaning over who we are, the bears and the Cowboys. And so like, I may have had the great fun day with him that day, but, uh, you know, obviously he let me have it pretty good when, when the Cowboys, uh, laid down the egg the other night. So like, this is a constant, uh, constant movement of craziness in our lives, but, uh, now, just uh, looking forward to it. They've been working on some new stuff. We, we're moving our facilities there in Kansas City downstairs. And so, you know, what I love about Jeff really is he's a he's a he's a proactive and front out front leader um, has been in, in, in that move and actually moving furniture and doing all that stuff instead of telling everybody what to do. So the guys, the guys tired. I know how busy he's been. And in fact, last night we actually had this conversation. We weren't going to talk for a week. We we're going to let each other go. And then here we are together again. So <laughs> right. it surprise me that these are the way things go for us. It happens right. all the time. <laughs> right. Awesome. Great stuff. So, uh, Jeff, anything else you'd like to share or you anything uh, before we let you go? You know, you got to run. Hector, thank you for having me on uh, for a surprise guest here. I, I, I Look, I, I, it's, it's Rusty's time to shine. I think he's uh, going to do some amazing things and so excited for him to watch how this career at, at the college level grows. And, and uh, thank you for everything for this wonderful podcast. And, you know, as Rusty said, uh, the Cowboys and the Bears fan, both our teams are golfing this weekend. So, yeah. all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Soccer. And, then, and then, you know, then the U.S. loses the service. So, I mean, or Slovenia, uh, one of those teams, one of the S teams out of Europe. So here we go again. In my, in my hometown, right? In, in my hometown. Here in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, thanks so much, man. It was it's awesome. That was a great surprise. Thank you so much. Appreciate you it. You got it. You guys have a good good Thank podcast. You. See you later. So much, Jeff. Take care. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us. Bye bye. All right, a little su little surprise attack there. Good, yeah. Well, and it's funny. Even while that was going on, I'm gonna give a shout out to a dude, uh, one of my dearest friends. We we were actually in kindergarten together. Just popped up a second ago and said congratulations on here. So Michael Johnston, I see you, brother. That was awesome. So that, that's pretty cool to be on one of these. Look at that. Congratulations. That dude, yeah. we, we go way back, man, all the way back. So indicating on here, too, you can't wait to see uh, Coach uh, Coach. Yeah, he's still, he's, he lives in San Angelo, so we get to be right back close to each other. We, we do a guy's trip every summer. There's about 12 of us, and uh, so we, we just really get to have some cool time. So seeing things like that, man, that's why we do what we do, just having those kind of people in your lives, right? Right. Yeah. No, that's great. And so, you know, one of the things we kind of want to highlight, let people peek behind the curtain. You literally told me, right, that about you got home about 20 minutes before we launched. Before we oh, yeah. Launched. Yeah. You were uh, yeah, yeah, up in yeah. Georgetown uh, watching, uh, watching the uh, little Governor's Cup action there. How did that yeah, go? Yeah. So, it was, you know, I, so I actually, and obviously we'll get into this, but I actually start my first quote official day and signing on with HR officially is uh monday the 22nd and so this first this weekend was my first official i'd been in anaheim all the last week um and everything and so just got back into town had that craziness going and then um my wife left she's the head coach at keller high school uh currently and so she left thursday to go down to the governor's cup um so i sent my assistant down there to watch thursday and friday and then i left friday morning and drove down and, and watched uh six games yesterday and then finished up this morning with her playing at 10:50 against Abilene High. So I was got to see the girls at Abilene High play, 
and then uh, literally drove into town and got home about 335, 340 and uh, did a quick high five, gave the love to the little kids upstairs, ran downstairs and uh, jumped on here and turned on my camera. And here we go, man. That's the way the, the life of a coach, right? It's always something. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's the life of a coach, right? Yeah. Um, but as I as I so often uh, as I so often say, right, that this is why they pay us the big bucks, right, coach? Yeah, right. I think yeah. I saw a deal the other day. We did a survey. If you go back and look at the new uh, soccer journal, we did a, a big survey, and I think the new new term came out it was like around thirty nine cents an hour that a coach is making these days. So I was like, hey, somebody's making more money than me. I want to know what's going yeah. on. So yeah. somebody, yeah. somebody got a pay raise. So right. uh, yeah. And, and just like educators, I was going to say, just like educators, you can probably reduce that rate a little bit more when you factor in the amount of, obviously, our own money that we have to put into our profession, right? So Absolutely. It, it is you know, if you're like me, Hector, man, I wouldn't, I've, I've stepped out of it twice and, and uh, man, I know what the good Lord called me to do. And here I am again, and now jumping mm -hmm. into even bigger, deeper waters. And uh, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without what high school soccer in the state of Texas has given me. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's it's been the greatest thing in my life, and I owe my whole entire career to the game of soccer at the high school level in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's incredible to hear, you know, coming from you. And and obviously, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But yeah, definitely, definitely a big fan of your work. That's rooted in right in the high school game. So um, we'll hit on that some more. But yeah, thank you for sharing awesome. that. Um, so tell us, you know, you're just fresh fresh back from uh from anaheim just as jeff mentioned sure. um tell us your your just your general thoughts right have you had a chance to really decompress and think back to all the all the cool people you got to meet all the cool things you got to do what are your just your general thoughts on the 2024 you know, United soccer coaches convention i i so it's always you know we, we we travel all over for the conventions right the last few years we've been in baltimore and philly and then like you said chicago uh, we were in L.A. back in 2017, and then this was our first time back on the West Coast since then. We were supposed to be there during 2021, and uh, obviously COVID shut that down. And so this was our makeup to get back out to Anaheim. And um, anytime you go west, because we have such a large population of our membership is in the east, there's always a little bit of a dip. Um, mm -hmm. So we obviously, as a, you know, as a nonprofit, you're concerned. What do those numbers look like? How are things going to work out? Um, then we got to Anaheim and and maybe it's just because it's sunny and 68 all the dang time there or something in the winter. But, you know, to eat at a food truck uh, in the middle of the afternoon at 68 degrees with just a light windbreaker on and people are out and laughing and smiling. Man, what a wonderful, wonderful time um, the, the just everybody was happy. Right. It just seemed like everybody was happy. There were smiles going on. We had activation centers inside the the uh, exhibit halls we had incredible presenters man i got to be at the hall of fame induction with like i mean april heinrichs right jill mm -hmm. jill ellis i'm getting my picture and talking with jill ellis and and i'm breaking I, i've got my new assistant coach it's you know she's amazing she's 24 years old it was her first convention and it was cool for me because i got to go you know what i get to show this young coach what people have done in my life and so for me to be able to just do that and walk around and, and show her all these different things was just absolutely, absolutely breathtaking to me. It was refreshing for me to go through that process. And it was so cool. Yeah. What what surprised you about maybe about this year's convention? Was there anything that kind of got your attention that was like, hmm, that's a little bit of a surprise that maybe I wasn't anticipating, wasn't on the radar, maybe? 
Um, I, I think for me, it was literally that, um, that the numbers were, were solid, right? I mean, that, I mean, really, you just don't know, right? When you take something and you move it out of all these years of something and move it to somewhere else, how is that going to look? And then just for the, you know, I, I, I mean, guess it's me. I don't know. I, the ease and the transition and how we've worked together as a board and, and just being able to transition from one president to another. And, and we're so in sync now that it's just literally the passing of the baton. There, there's not this transitional change and freak out moment of, Oh gosh, what are we going to do now? We're very unified and understanding of where we're trying to go. Um, as a board, I used a word the other day in the boardroom. We're trying not to be agendified. We're trying to be unified. And and mm -hmm. I can't create a, you know, I'm an old Texas, West Texas guy. So we create words out in West Texas, but agendified meaning like we, we all have to check what we think we're going to do at that board table when we walk in and be like, what is like Joseph, what's best for the association. Right. Um, and so it was great to be reaffirmed that that's the way we're going and that's our plan. And um, so I'm excited to continue with that plan and, and really dig into it this year. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know if I was too surprised. I just I, I thought it was going to be a great convention. And then I was just blown away by the by the positivity and the smiles on everybody's faces. And I think mm -hmm. it was just a good reminder of why we do what we do. Right. Yeah. And, and I was excited for that. Now, from your from your perspective, right, your personal point of view as the incoming as the new president, right, the incoming president, how different was that this year how different was the convention because obviously you've been to plenty in the past oh my gosh but how i mean just how different was it this it was ex year? i was exhausted like i i literally um i don't want to be a politician i've found that out i've gone as far as i can take that i've uh i've shaken hands and everything too many times now I've done the old shake the hands kiss the babies stuff plenty and so for me um it was instead of going to a few things it was going to everything yeah, um, yeah. Being a part of, I think at one time I counted up, I was at meeting number 35 or 36 or something like that in a five day period. Mm -hmm. So it was just, uh, and it, that was starting at, you know, like, let me give you an example. Like I flew in and the weather was bad on Tuesday. I was supposed to land at four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. I got in at one still had to take an Uber ride from LAX instead of uh, Orange County. Got in bed about three o'clock and had a board meeting at seven thirty. Got out at three o'clock and then had five more meetings in a presidential reception that ended at midnight. So wow. I literally had been a, been awake for twenty four straight hours when I finally um, made it to bed, and and then it didn't stop from there. Right, it just kept going and going. Um, but it was so cool because every new meeting was just a new adrenaline rush. Whether it was meeting with the Black Coaches Association for their Legends event, whether it was going to the, the the Latino coaches social and getting to speak at their event. Like every time I turned around, just the graciousness of other people who knew how much we were trying to give our time for them. Um, and then for that to be reciprocated and shown love was just, it kind of just re-energized me every single time. So it was exhausting. And yet at the same time, it was the most fulfilling week I've had. Cause in the past, it's just, you kind of go to a meeting and you have certain things, but you're just a, you're, you're really like another participant at the um, event. And this time it felt like literally it, I mean, it was just amazing. I, I don't even know how to put into words. I can't even imagine next year. The only difference really between what I did and what I'll do next year is the poor president, Dave Carr, this year had to stand in front and shake cans of 350 kids and athletes as they came across for the all American award. And so I've got to get ready for that. I'm going to get my rotator cuff all shined up for me next year when I get ready to do all of that. But uh, just, just an amazing time of reflection for me. Um, really getting on a plane and sitting down and realizing I can call Jill Ellis a friend, right? 
Um, I, yeah. I, and Shellis Heinemann is a friend. Like these are people that have made such an impact on my life. And I'm just a kid who grew up a Southern Baptist preacher's kid in San Angelo and Abilene, Texas. Like mm-hmm. I still sometimes Hector don't know how or why this life came to me. And I'm just, I, I, I'm just so blessed that, you know, I, I just don't understand. I just want other people to get to experience what I've got to experience in my lifetime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had a few of those moments uh, myself between from my active, from my active duty military days to what I do now. And just, yeah, I, so I can definitely relate Um, a different level, of course, in terms of what you're doing right now, but yeah, I can definitely relate to that. It's the same, right? Like I don't, I always want to make sure people like whatever they're doing in their lives. I think we don't all take time to sit back and realize that in that moment of whatever life you're living, how awesome that moment is for you. Uh Right. Right, whatever right. that's whatever your life looks like, Hector, that you get to do or whatever the other guy that's just works at home. Right. Or does whatever. There's so many times we don't I don't think any of us give enough grace and consideration to the lives that we all lead. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think it's just pre- it's important to kind of really sit back and take ownership and, and really reflect on what we do on a weekly and daily basis to understand how blessed all of us are. And what a great country, everything we get to do. Um, just an awesome time. Yeah. Could not agree more. You know, I, I've, I've often said, I've been on the record many times of sharing that I've said for my entire adult life, I've never really worked a, a day of my life right between from my, my active duty military career, retiring, um, after 20 years of service to then going on and coaching, right. Being able to coach at the college mm-hmm. level, coaching at various levels on the club side, on the high school side, as I currently am and being an educator, None of that, you know, the old adage, right? If you love what you're doing, it just does not feel like work. So absolutely. Um, being, absolutely. Able to get, being able to get paid for that is just the icing on the cake. So absolutely could not agree with you more, Coach. Um, now, take us through this, because pro- we know, obviously, it's a pro- not everybody knows this, though, in terms of the process of working your way up to president of United Soccer Coaches. But before all of that began, what made you want to uh, get involved in that process? Um, so right after 2010, we, we won the state high school state championship here in Texas in 2010. And I thought, okay, what's next, right? If like, that was awesome. That was a pinnacle obviously of anyone's career. And then I thought, okay, what can I do now? That's like, I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie when it comes to doing stuff. And so I was like, what can I do now? Um, cause now I've won this, but now how do I give back? Right. How do, and so I've, I got on, I ran and, and got onto the board for TASCO, Texas Association of Soccer Coaches, and um, and spent six years on that board. And in that time frame became the, you know, I ran through the three years of, of uh, kind of growing into the position. Uh, then I became the, I won the election for vice president, became the president, the past president. So I served on that uh, categories all the way through. Um, and that was amazing. And then um, I, through that time, I ran into uh, with Shellis and, and uh, a, a wonderful coach named Lisa Cole that was the goalkeeper coach for Tony DeChico um, and then also the head coach of the Boston Breakers back when they started, um, kind of started a new process. They, they created something called advocacy groups, and we started having those as pillars of United Soccer Coaches, and I got asked to serve as the, the national chair for high school advocacy. So they wanted a new voice that wasn't kind of from the same people all the time, and and so somehow, again, I got – blessed into that role. Um, and that led to almost another five and a half years of me serving on that, that, that board and that council. Um, and then the opportunity came up for me to run for, for vice presidency. And I put in actually four times and was rejected three times. 
Um, and the fourth time, uh, the advocacy groups felt like it was time to have somebody from our, our growing communities uh, serve. And so the advocacy groups got behind me and uh, helped me get elected. It was an incredible time, very much a unification time period where I feel very proud to say that all the groups came together and really supported me. And um, I was elected in, in January of 2020 in Baltimore and uh, was excited, thought it was going to be like five meetings a year, a little bit of travel and life was good. And then the pandemic hit and that turned into 57 board meetings by Zoom that we had never done before and full exhaustion over the next 18 months as we kept the association afloat through all the pandemic and the craziness that was that. And yeah. um, and so it's just been a, a whirlwind. And so actually to take over as the president, I would probably say I feel um, because of what I've come through in the last four years as I served, I feel like perhaps I'm one of the more prepared presidents because I've got to experience it from such a wide Right. Uh, lens and, and a wide angle and seeing things so in depth. Whereas in the past, perhaps you only had those four or five meetings, and then you become the president and you have another four or five meetings and it's a very much a showman type situation. And now I feel like it's very much a strategic in the, in, you know, right in the middle of everything, kind of working with that CEO and grinding. And so it's a little bit different approach perhaps in my time this time. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's been a really, really awesome journey. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. You know, we had a couple episodes back, uh, 103, episode 103, I believe we had a gentleman I know you're familiar with, Brandon Milburn, right? Your uh, director of strategic growth at United Soccer Coaches. And he really, um, some of it shared on the podcast, but so much more of it off when we spoke offline of just the amount of what was involved leading up to, you know, being able to put on that virtual, right? That the virtual convention, and then coming out of that, and uh, yeah, it was, I could only imagine. So yeah, so no doubt, a lot of good came out of, obviously, the pandemic and so many different industries and leadership and how we had to adjust and pivot as well. So no doubt. Um, so take us through now, Coach, the role of President of United Soccer Coaches. What, I mean, what is the the day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, what does that kind of look like? I feel like uh, my son is a fireman and I'm the most non-certified fireman in America right now is what I feel like it's there are days that is literally uh, putting out any fire you think you can put out. Um, you never know what the next email is going to be. Uh, the next conversation is going to be. Um, but but just, you know, I, I say that almost in jest, but it, it, in some ways it is true. And that's not always a bad thing. Right. It's yeah. there's that many people in the world that care about our association. So it may be a governance question that comes in. Hey, have y'all as a board thought about this? Or it may be, hey, how can I help you do something in the association? Uh, I'm also a real estate agent. I get people calling in going, how can we help coaches uh, relocate? How can we do it? So it's just constant, incredibly constant conversations that are just awesome. And and some are tough, right? I mean, some are, some are people that are asking questions that are hard questions that have been in the association a long time. And they want to know what's going on with their association. And so a lot of times it's reassurance. I'm there for reassuring them that things are going to be okay. Uh, and other times, you know what people, I always still say this, most of the time people just want to be heard. And sometimes it's just to sit there and listen and let somebody explain what they're feeling and their thoughts are, and then letting that process and then working on that solution and getting back to them later. Uh, but it, you know, it's been a really cool time. I mean, I, while I was at the Convention. I got to I got to be in a room for forty five minutes with Cindy Parlo Cohn, the president of of U.S. Soccer, and J.T. Batson, the CEO of Soccer, and have conversations about high school and what does the game look like and where does the game of high school fit into 
the the pedagogy of all the things that we're doing in the in the federation. How can United Soccer Coaches help the federation? How can the federation use the the United Soccer Coaches to grow? What are those roles? How can we work together? How can we be symbiotic people that work together to get solutions to things? Um, so those are great conversations. This morning, if you can believe this, I actually said at the Monument Cafe, this is the this is the life of, a, of, of the president. This morning, I said at the Monument Cafe in Georgetown, Texas, and had breakfast with Nathan Goldberg, who is up for the vice presidency of U.S. soccer because he was in, in Austin uh, looking at some stuff and then potentially going to the afternoon game. And so for the U.S. And so like he called me, he's like, hey, man, I really like to talk to you about my vision for U.S. soccer. Uh, and I was like, dude, I got I got an hour tomorrow. Can you meet me for breakfast? And he did. He showed up. And so I'm drinking chocolate milk with a, a potential U.S. soccer president. Right. And then two nights ago at, at uh, 9 p.m., I was getting the kids down. My wife's gone. The phone rings and it's Pete Zoppi, who's also the other VP candidate for U.S. soccer. And he's just finished a trauma situation and, and saving a guy's life. And he's calling to talk to me about his vision of U.S. soccer. So, you yeah, know, I'm laying wow. in bed with two kids and and that's my deal. Right. It's it's never ending. It's crazy. Um, and I don't think I'd have it any other way, man. I, mm -hmm. I, I thrive on the enjoyment of it and I thrive on being a part of those conversations. And I'm a, I'm a solution seeker. I am not a, a complainer. And so I, I'm always willing to hear what people have to say. And my first question is going to be, okay, cool. What will you do about that? Like, I'll help guide you, but don't just come to me with questions and problems. Come with me, you know, sit down and let's find the solutions to those. Yeah. And uh, so that's my big that's my big deal. And so but it was great to hear from both those those candidates and and get to have conversations now with people on our board and Jeff about those things. And um, it's just it, it like it's just sky's the limit. There's just so many different webs that we walk through it. it we could do an entire podcast on just like a, a month long what it's right. like to be that role. <laughs> right. But it's, it's a lot of fun, right? At the end of the day, it's, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love being a part of those conversations and I'm, I'm thrilled for more of them. Right. So, you know, as if you weren't already busy enough right now, you decided, you decided to go ahead and apply for the head women's soccer coach at uh, Hardin Simmons University, right? So um, obviously we know how that went, uh, but what, um, take us through that process. Let us peek a little behind the, behind the curtain there as far as that that job process for the, uh, Man, the was, role at HSU there. So, it, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. So everybody listening, just get ready. Cause here's who I am. I'm a man of faith and, and there is no ifs, ands or buts about the fact that without that presence of God in my life, this job doesn't happen. This was a, a deal where you sit back and you just watch things get put together and you just say yes, when it comes along. Um, I, I played and, and here's you another one. I'm going to blow a lot of people's minds here right now. And I'm just I'm as transparent as what you get from me. I'm a D licensed coach with no master's degree that just took a college job. So nothing about that statement passes the traditional smell test of collegiate athletics. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's the cool part. That's when you know that there's something bigger going on than than just an application process. Um, Hardin Simmons University is very dear to my family and to my life. I swore I was never going to go there. My grandparents had gone there. My parents had gone there. My grandfather built the home of the president on the campus. It's the president's house where the president resides at Hardin Simmons. My grandfather built that back in the seventies. I swore I was never going to go there. And then God said, check it out. You're going to go play college football there. 
I got to play for a gentleman named Jimmy Keeling, who's in the Texas High School Coaches Hall of Fame. He at one point was the winningest coach in, in the state of Texas over A&M and Texas combined. Like, incredible. And and I became an All-American there, and I was actually inducted last May into the, the Football Hall of Honor there. There you go. Um, and so, you know, then you fast forward and I'm interviewing and I'm sitting across from the AD who at one time when I was in high school was the director of sports at NBC five and was interviewing me when I was a high school football player. And now this gentleman's my AD and, and I've known him for some 33 years now. Um, I, I sat at lunch with the head soccer coach on the boys side, who was three years younger than me, uh, graduated from high school with my brother. Uh, the other gentleman at the, the dinner at the lunch table was uh, the prevost now of the university that oversees athletics. He was my biology um, and pre-med professor and everything was my advisor. Like it, you can't make these things up when I tell you that um, it was the most wonderful professional day of my life. The homecoming was incredible. Um, and, and in getting that call from John Neese said, Coach Oglesby, um, we just know God's got you in our place and we want you, we want to bring you home and hearing those words um i was and you can tell i enjoyed talking to people and love meeting people and everything i literally sat on the phone and cried and i had to take a second before i could even reply i i, I was not prepared for that i was prepared for man it was great to see you but and um i was not ready even though i would would love to tell you that i was hopeful i i was not ready for that to be the final call and um and then it gets crazy right because now it's like Boom, moving parts. Press right. release is telling people, yeah. my wife's got an incredible job at Keller. We've got all these moving parts. And boom, Rusty, you're going to be here on the 22nd. We've got a house for you to live in. And come on down and let's get to work. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm leaving on a plane in two days for, you know, uh, the Anaheim Convention. So yeah. it's literally yeah. been a 10-day whirlwind of, of travel getting ready for this moment. So awesome. Great stuff. I always – how those things kind of play out and what comes after them is – I always love hearing about those. So yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Got to have faith for sure. Um, now you look forward, right? You're getting ready to make it official, right? Come on, as you, as you indicated, where, where, where do you begin? What's agenda item number one on the job there at Harden Simmons? Where do you, where do you go? Well, one, I better, I better get them girls to like me. Cause I know this about women's soccer. If they don't like you, they don't play for you. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know what I, but I, I, I just sometimes, but I'll tell you this. It's about going in there and, and just taking care of the job that's been before me. Marcus Woods, it was there for some 20 odd years and won every conference championship and a national title in 2010. Um, again, tied together. I won a state title in 2010. Harden Simmons wins the state uh, national championship 2010. Right. Like I just always feel like this has been an, an ordained situation that was hopeful. And yet nobody thought Marcus Wood would ever leave Harden Simmons University. Um, I wanted to, to, I applied two years ago and was very, uh, uh, very, very hopeful to try to get the job two years ago. Uh, I got, I got a text message on here on the, the chat from Aaron Monaghan, who was my assistant and he knew about it. He's the the head coach at Justin Northwest. Now he got his first head coaching job. Great dude. I got to give a plug to him. Great dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, uh, you know, we were talking about it then and then all of a sudden, um, you know, I didn't get to, I didn't get it. And the reason was Lance key, one of my dearest friends got the job. And I'd known Lance from his time at Trinity university. We worked uh, summer camps at the university of Texas together. It was just such a joy to see that he was getting the job. And I just knew he was going to be there for a long time again. And so I literally for the second time ever hung up the little dream of hopeful, you know, that might ever happen that I could actually go do that again. I never felt I was qualified anyway. So I was just, 
shooting for the stars kind of thing. And then uh, they make it to the national quarterfinals. And two days later, Lance announces his retirement. He was going to go into ministry with his wife. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way that I'll get lucky enough. And then, uh, you know, then here we are, right? Just such a wild chain of events to get to where we are. But uh, I, I really just can't screw it up. Like at the end of the day, that's what I see it as. As yeah. um, I have a group of young women I, I interviewed with the entire team. You want to talk pressure. Get on yeah. a Zoom call with 20 college athletes that are really grilling you. Yeah. Uh, your faith, on your leadership style, on your methodologies of coach. Like these are not, these are kids that know the game, right? Yeah, no softballs there. No yeah, softballs there. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not in some rebuilding mode. Like, congratulations, Rusty. Here's the here's the keys to a Porsche. Don't turn it into a Chevy real quick, right? I mean, it's one of those kind of deals. Um, and it's it's powerful listening to them and their vision of where they mm -hmm. are and who they are. And, and they want you as a coach to be a part of what they're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think yeah. so many times as coaches, we think we have to be the one saying, hey, come on and jump on my vision. And sometimes the best thing you can do, man, is just take your CDL and drive the bus. Don't don't be stupid. Don't get in the way. Right. Um, years ago, when I when I was leaving Wakeland, Andy Holt and I, Andy replacement, he's won, I don't know what, three or four state titles since I left. And that was one of the first things he was like, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? And I was like, hey, Andy, sometimes you just got to drive the bus, man. And we laughed about that a, a year later when he won his first state title. He's like, you know, there were days I thought about going in and doing this. And then, you know, I just drove the bus and we won the ring. And I just, you know, and, and you put your debt right. I mean, at the end of the day, there's going to be things I put my my style into. And there's there's things that will change because I'm not Marcus and I'm not Lance. Um, and at the same time, um, that those days will come. They don't have to happen tomorrow. Like right now, we we graduated a goalkeeper and two other players. We were turning like 25 players. We've got a great recruiting class coming in. I've been able to contact with every one of those girls so far. I got to watch a couple play in Georgetown. And like, if nothing else changes and we just rock and roll, we have the opportunity to do something great already. Now, can I take them and take them two more games? That's the goal, right? At the yeah. end of the day yeah. is can I take them two more steps? And um, so that's something we've had some success with. Can that translate from where we were in high school to where we are now? I mean, the good Lord is going to help us figure that out. Um, I think we've got a good plan and we have a good understanding of where we want to go. The good thing is we have the vision and the knowledge of where we want to go and we've been there before. And so the goal is to go do it. Right. So here's the question that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking maybe haven't asked you or maybe some of them have asked you now that you're you're taking on this great this great undertaking right these great special tasks that you've received now um how do you balance those both you know we talk about the role as president but also now coming in uh, and you're right it is a porsche right it's it is uh, yeah. you're talking about a national power one of the all right one of the best programs in the country um women's soccer programs d3 d3 soccer how do you what are your thoughts on that in terms of planning how to, how to tackle those, how to balance those day to day, week to week, month to month again? Well, I think it starts with with exactly what I think all great coaches who have success do is they hire people that are smarter than them and better at them. And what they do is in those environments. Right. I know what my strengths are. I, I know that I'm better today taking this job as a 49 year old man than I ever would have been as a 33 year old man. Right. I look back on the guy that was a 33-year-old coach and I would have never hired me. I would have never even brought me in for an interview. Um, and yet I would have thought I was ready for it back then, right? I thought I was ready to be a head football coach when I was 24 years old, um, completely oblivious to the things that go on in that job. 
Right. So it, I, I know now, though, that the things that I do well, managing people, getting kids to play my way, all that kind of stuff, I take care of that stuff. Um, and then I, you know, I, you know, one of the first things I did when I, when I got Taylor, uh, my assistant coach up, up in, uh, or out in Anaheim was to introduce her to people so she could see the role that I was going to play as a president. She got to be a part of some of these conversations where people are stopping me in the hall with their visions, random people talking about things that would take 20 minutes of my time. And so I had to show her, this is why I have to have a level of trust of you. That's beyond most assistance trust level. Yeah. Does that make sense? I had to, you know, she, she was like, one of my goals is to be a better coach and I want to get on the field and coach more. And I'm like, girl, I'm going to give you a chance to coach, right? Yeah. Um, because that's just the way it is. There may be a day where I mentally, right, can't be the best I can be. And I got to have a, a Taylor and an Ashley Stanton. I got to have my people so in tune with the vision that they can handle those moments when I'm not perfectly good. And when I'm not 100%, I have to be able to trust those people in my life. Um, and then I look at my home. I, I have my wife's the head soccer coach of the 6A high school program, phenomenal coach, incredible tactician. And so I have moments like that. And she keeps things going and keeps our family moving in the right direction so that I'm available to do these things. Like, how blessed am I to know that my wife's like, hey, dude, I, I'm not thrilled, but I get it. Like, you're the guy, so you got to go here. And, you know, I was gone to a convention in Tampa, then flew from Tampa to Anaheim, and then I land. I got two days at home and then I'm driving and going to a soccer deal tomorrow. I've got to go to an ID camp here in doubt in Fort Worth and then turn around and leave tomorrow night for my first day on the job at a division three college. And the whole time my wife's keeping all those pieces together. And I've got a, a, an incredible son and daughter that are older. Um, my, my daughter has been, you know, was here last night helping my mom watch the girls so I could go do those things. And so our family is in tune with what the vision and goals are and, and you just, you got to, you know, we call it riding for the brand. It's an old Harden Simmons cowboy. We ride for the brand around here. And some days we check all our egos at the door and go, okay, if this is the way we're going to do it, we got to, we got to kind of saddle in and saddle up and go make the ride. And so that's what we're doing right now. And it's an all hands on deck and you hire people that are smarter and better at you than, than what's going on. I ask a ton of questions. I trust my people. When I get to Harden Simmons, I just want to meet the girls, get to know the girls, teach them how we're going to play the game. And then I let Taylor and my other assistant actually take over and do the things like connecting with them on a very intimate level. So they understand that our knowledge is there for them and our, they're safe with us. Um, and then I, I, I get to do what I love to do, which is just coach the game of soccer, man, and make an impact on people's lives and hopefully leave them better than I found them when I got there. Great stuff. Yeah. And by the way, I meant to circle back to it. A uh, shout out. You mentioned <laughs> Coach uh, Coach Andy Holt there at Wakeland, who's also yeah. been uh, been on this podcast before. He's an alum. So, by the way, Coach, yeah, from this day forward, you're now you're an anointed a 50-50 podcast alum. OK, Fantastic. so that'll ever be you can put you can add that to that business card. Right. Of all those, there you lengthy, go. There you go. those lengthy titles. <laughs> yeah, Andy's Andy's one of the great ones. I'm telling you, it was it was such a joy. There's not enough time to go through a whole story, but watching him be able to come in there and and that process of him taking over at Wakeland, I I'm telling you, man, it, it, that was that was one of my big joys in life. That was my baby, right? At the end of the day, I I opened the doors there and and uh, left it what I considered to be one of the pinnacles of my career. Like you know, when you're in the top five in the nation and you're ready to go, and people thought I was the craziest dude in the world, and and yet I knew it was time to give the reins to somebody who was ready to take it to another level, and mm -hmm. we. I think the proof's in the pudding for what Andy Holt's done at Wakeland High School. So, Andy, if you're out there, brother, congratulations and keep it up. And and his assistant there, Stepan Espendary, another crazy one. 
Stepan played high or played uh, uh, club soccer with my brother back in Abilene years and years ago. His parents owned a Beehive restaurant out in Albany, Texas, and there's a version of that Beehive in in Abilene. And I actually ate lunch on my interview the other day at the Beehive and said hi to his uncle while we were there. So the soccer world is a small world, man. And we, we we love each other in the soccer world, don't we? Yeah, it is, absolutely. You're no doubt is it small. Now, and you know, you've talked about it. You hit on it from the perspective of really. You know, your your wife, obviously, she's a Texas high school soccer coach at, you know, at Keller High, 6A. You know, you're obviously your background, your roots. And I think for, for so many people, for us in particular, um, what makes this special in terms of your new role, not only at Hardin-Simmons, but then, of course, at, right, at the peak in terms of United Soccer Coaches, is that you're so, you're one of us, you're rooted in, you know, in what we do, right, as, as Texas high school soccer coaches and our sport, our commitment of what we're trying to do. Um, so it makes it just makes it that much sweeter, I think, to see someone, someone of, you know, of your background to what you've ascended to your journey, right? <clears throat> your journey as a Texas high school soccer coach to now, right? When you look back on it, it's obviously rooted in Texas high school soccer. What are maybe what's, if you could identify one or two key principles that you come back to every day that started then, you know, what would you say? Uh, I can tell you this I, I as we go, because I, I think this should be the theme of everybody, right? I coach because I was coached, right? I coach because I was coached. I, I coach because I had a grassroots coach named Reggie Noble, who was an orthodontist in San Angelo, Texas, who when my dad, who had no idea what he was doing, couldn't go any further with soccer, Reggie came in and helped me develop a love of the game, right? That I, I took into Abilene and that led to me going to Abilene High School. Again, we didn't have club soccer back then. So I had Randy Allen, who who was a former Hardin-Simmons graduate, um, guys like Marcel Sapos, who's a Texas legend. Um, Hugh Menzies, right, was just inducted in the Black Coaches Hall of Fame the other night. Um, Hugh was a mentor of mine and a former coach. Like, these are guys – this is Abilene, Texas. This makes no sense. These guys existed in my life when I was 13, 14, 15, all the way to 18 years of age. And – and so for me, it's about everything I do was to give back to the game that gave me so much, right? And it's because of these people in my life that taught me the game, that taught me how to be a, a better person, all that. So every time when I get exhausted in the game of soccer and I, I really just feel like I've lost my way, I have to go back to why we do what we do and we're called to do what we do. If you're coaching the game to win a ring, and that's your own motivation, you'll be sorely disappointed for the rest of your life. My great high school coach I just mentioned never got past the third round of high school uh, in the playoffs. And yet I'm sitting there, um, you know, in, in, in 2010, and I turn around and he's sitting in the first row watching me win a state championship. And my heart broke because it wasn't him winning it, not mm. the other way around, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and because and I know how much he poured into it. And I felt so insignificant to the guys like him who had done so much. And so, you know, for me, it's always been that. And so when I get exhausted, I think back to what would what would Randy Allen have done? What would have Marcel Sapos do? What what does what was what would Hugh Menzies do in the middle of the Jamaican national team, take them to a World Cup when they have no budget? Like, how do they survive? So therefore, who am I to complain about the moment I'm in? I got to do better. And so I learned all that because of high school soccer. 
I learned that there were some days the AD, the AD didn't like you. And you it was your job to either get upset and walk away or find a way to be on the same page with the AD. And sometimes you had to swallow your pride and eat some crow and act like you, you know, gave them the idea. But it was always about doing what was right for your program, even if it meant you had to give in a little bit every now and then. So it was it was great to watch those guys kind of lead me without them even know we were watching. Right. People don't know when people are watching. Right. We make decisions. And and I got to watch these guys lead so well and so humbly um, that it, it, it impacted my life and has changed how I am as a coach simply because of the way they coached me. Great stuff. Great stuff. We start to transition here, Coach. we got one more for you before we'll ultimately transition to our, our next segment. But thoughts now, right? <clears throat> you see the high school game now here in Texas, right? The mm-hmm. Texas high school soccer scene maybe um, from since the pandemic to now. What are your thoughts? Where, what has you excited in terms of what you've seen? Any particular part of the game, the growth, what have you? And then the other part to that is where do you see in terms of the future of the Texas high school soccer? Sure. Um, So let's kind of go just a little bit back to, um, you know, I've been a part of the game from no, no development Academy to the development Academy. And then, then the development Academy going away. Right. And then where we are today. Um, I think high school soccer is better poised today to make moves and be what it's supposed to be at the purest form than it's ever been. Um, I didn't mind. I I hated the concept of making kids choose, but I also didn't mind the academy because if there was a place for the top 1% to go play, then by all means they should go play. What I loved in that moment was, and if you go back to any of the podcasts I've ever done or anything in print, what I loved was that that actually gave our Hispanic and inner city population a chance to finally show what they were capable of doing, because I think it leveled the playing field. And when that happened, we saw a rise of the Hispanic and Latino player in, in Texas, especially in Texas. I won't speak for the rest of the country, but especially in Texas, mm-hmm. we saw that change where like we were the number two team in the nation and we lost to the number three team in the nation. And that was Brownsville Porter. And I'm going to tell you right now, in 25 years, that was the best high school soccer team I ever coached against in my life. I've never seen a group of kids fought harder for their city, for their community, everything about it. And when push came to shove, they just had a little more than we did. And I think a lot of that came from that beautiful side of the game and not the technical side or not the the whitewashed side. We like to use that term in, the, in America, but it, it came from a purebred sense of pride and 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 just wanting to showcase themselves for their community. And I love that. And now we've come back to the academy's no longer there. And I think the MLS Next is a wonderful program designed exactly for that, a pathway to the professional side for those that are in that upper tier. It allows us to keep our kids playing at the high school level. They were playing for the purity and the rightness of the game. And so everybody has a plan. What I love is that we're finally starting to see, and even talking with the Federation the other day, we're finally starting to see that everybody's being recognized for who they were. There was a time in there where I said high school coaches felt like subservient people. We felt like we didn't belong in the very game that was our love. And we were being told, you're not good enough to coach the best player in America. Um, and it was it was finally cool to see some of those times where some of those kids pushed back. I ended up having about 10 kids come back and play for us and play for state titles who had been academy players because at the end of the day, they lost the purity of the game, chasing it 
in the kind of sterile environment that was. Mm -hmm. And so um, we love that. We see that um, we're starting to see that more on the on the girls side now. I think there's a little more of a tug now um, in that regard. I think it's a little harder to break away on the girls side because because there's so much D1 competition and trying to get kids to the D1 level. Uh, girls soccer is the closest thing to football in America to me on just that the the drive that D1 or bust, right? If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's why I love about Harden Simmons, right? I took the job because I love the fact that I'm coaching the purity of it. These girls, they want to go do what they want to do. And the game of soccer is going to help them get there, not the other way around, um, if that makes sense. And yeah. so, uh, but I think the game of Texas high school soccer is poised for greatness. Um, I'm concerned about our, our attitudes toward referees. I think those things have to get better. Our, we have to get more people. I, I challenge coaches to start bringing, you know, I, I think it'd be great if coaches would start getting people to come in and help get their players licensed and all our teams start getting kids out into the world to start being referees. We have the most number of people in the game. Why are we not getting them certified to be referees? What a great way to give back to the game is create referees and coaches in our programs. Help them get their license um, is another step in that pathway. But I think the game of high school soccer is finally back to the purity side of it all. And that that the competition level, oh my gosh, man, watching Katie Seven Lakes this last year play in the state championship game mm -hmm. at the 6A boys level, dude. I mean, that was just Jimmy Kruger's a heck of a coach, but the, oh, you yeah. know, he had three All Americans. I was with him at three All Americans were there uh, the other day. And and like these dudes are ballers, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it's all about. And we're getting those kids back now to play. And they're coming back to play for their communities. And I just I just love it. I love where we're going. I love that we are no longer hiring. And I was a football guy. Look, I'm a football guy through and through 100 percent. I was in one year. I coached a football state championship as an offense coordinator and coached a high school soccer state championship. Coolest year and a half of my life right there. But I tell you what, um, the days are gone of, oh, you're it's your turn up. You're the you're the soccer coach. Right. right. And we just throw somebody out there that coached, you know, pulling guards and tackles. And so I think we're finally at that place where it's recognized that that full-time soccer coach is a special player or sorry, he's a special coach and we have to give them those tools. And, and I love seeing that more and more schools are soccer only. Um, when I go meet with other coaches in the nation and I hear their sad stories and their sob stories, I tell you, Texas high school soccer, man, it's got it. It's got it figured out. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, right. but dude, I wouldn't coach anywhere else in the world compared to Texas high school soccer right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that we said coming out of uh, Galveston back in November for the, uh, the Texas or uh, for the Tasco, right. The Tasco convention, the Texas high school soccer coaches convention there in Galveston. And, um, you know, simply put, we just said, we kind of uh, taken a little adage from the sec, right. That Texas high school soccer, it's, it's just different, you know, it's different and that's a good thing. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I referenced this a couple of episodes back where I had a conversation with a, a coach in another a soccer coach in another in another state. And I took him through my day. Right. <clears throat> I took him through my day and the the training, the lifting, the and then just the the athletic period alone blew his mind. Right. But then mm -hmm. once he got past that and I really broke broke down, took him through my day, my week and just how much time we spent with our athletes over the given course of, you know, a month, uh, let alone an entire school year, it just, it totally blew his mind. And, and it was why I referenced the, as a college, you know, college coaches out there, if you're in, in our capacity in the soccer world, there should be no reason. There should be no reason why 
um, if you're zeroing in on a recruit, there should be no reason why you're not trying to contact or establish some sort of rapport with a high school coach and find out because there's probably going to be no coach that can tell you more about that that student athlete's character on you know on the field, off the field, what they're like in the weight room, what they're like in the classroom, right? Which is critical, right. obviously. Right. Um, what they're, what kind of teammate are they, right? Uh, no one's going to really be able to break that down for you better than the high school coach. I agree. So, you, you know, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm actually scared of how much time I'm going to have on my hand being a college coach. If that makes sense, right? You understand the grind. Because, I mean, let's let's be honest, right? My last year at Northwest, I, was, I had soccer first period, and then I taught four classes during the day of finance and business law had a conference period and lunch and then turn around and coach another practice. And, and so, you know, like going to college and being told I don't have to teach a class. And I just get to coach and recruit kids is mind blowing to me. Right. right. Um, I have a full time strength and conditioning coach in college. But I, I say all that to say I've, I am prepared for this job because of Texas high school soccer. Like I I don't have to have the C or the B license. There's some intricacies that I'll learn, but I've learned that through all the coaching tree that I get to spend my time with, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The things that would have scared me are the things that don't scare me now, which is I know how to work through the weight room process. I've done it myself. I know how to, to, to recruit because I've done those things as I walked into private school and had to walk through that. So I lived this whole life and Texas high school soccer is 100% prepared me. Now there's going to be hiccups and there's going to be new things I got to learn challenges. I'm not expecting landmines everywhere. Right. But I can go into the first day of school knowing I know how to treat kids right. I know what's expected of me. I know how to reach them mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all those things. And and I know that the time that I get to do it now with not being distracted by teaching finance or teaching how to, you know, collecting papers and grading papers at night and doing all that stuff. I get to focus on just my girls. Man, that's mind blowing. And I can't thank Texas high school soccer enough for that because it prepared me the way of where I'm going. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, and as we start to transition here, coach, uh, want to tell, tell everybody about our good friends at Gipper. So Gipper is a way that schools, athletic departments, ADs and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join, join over 3000 coaches, ADs, SIDs, and other organizers that use Gipper to create high quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. If you do have significant design experience, you are what they call the power user. This platform is specifically designed for you as well as uh, you can use it for many in many different capacities. And just for being a listener and a supporter of the 5050 podcast, you're going to receive a 10% off any first time Gipper purchase. Simply visit Gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. Again, that's Gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50. And we have our other good friends at Global Scarves, both Kyle and Bill. Global Scarves is the top provider of custom-knit scarves, beanies, and other fan merchandise in the U.S. All merch is fully custom with free design services and free shipping on all orders. You can contact them at info at globalscarves.com to get any free designs or quotes built out for your school, club. Maybe you want to create a supporters group, right? Or maybe you want to do it for a high school team, what have you. Uh, you can get that done. You can simply mention the podcast or use the code hashtag 5050pod, and they'll be sure to take care of you. Obviously, we're in the middle of the works of launching um, second production of another another scarf that they're doing with us in support of the podcast. So we're grateful for them 
so yeah, thank you. Make sure you ch check them out. Again, contact them at info at globalscarves.com. All right, coach, moment of truth, counterattack time. We get to throw uh, all the yo, that's what I've been waiting for. Random questions at you. All right, here we go. First one. Secret talent. Something that you a little talent you might have that ma many people or most people don't know. Uh those close to me know I, I actually love to go to karaoke and I can sing. I, I oh nice. David Allen Coe, you never call me by my name. Give me <laughs> <laughs> give me a give me a Thursday night karaoke and give me a set of golf clubs. I can I can scratch golf at about seventy eight to eighty on on a round of golf on most days. Yeah. Um. So those are my those are my two favorite things in the world to do outside of coaching and being with my family. There you go. All right. I like that. Day person or night owl? Um. I probably more of a night owl. It's the only time that's quiet in my world. <laughs> right. 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 So, yeah, I don't know if y'all can hear in the background. I got a four-year-old and two-year-old still trying to run around up there. I'm trying to text everybody like be quiet, but that's my, so like, <laughs> I can't wait. Like I, you know, I, I love going to bed and my wife, there's certain nights where I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to go turn on and I'm a star Wars freak. So yeah. I've, I've got on a binge again of every night I'm going to bed. I go watch a little star Wars and, I actually like Star Wars Phantom Menace, and so I've watched it again just two days ago. So <laughs> I'm a night owl. Yeah, I agree with you. I uh, I found some – I don't know. I don't know where I – I think maybe in the last – after I retired from the military, obviously, um, maybe I discovered it during grad school at UIW after I retired. So I guess it's maybe going on 10 years now. But um, I found that at night, you know – being a girl dad, right? I have two of my own, a teenager that plays for me, and then also a nine-year-old, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and my wife as well. Everyone's asleep, and I found that I can just get more work done, right? So, um, yeah, that kind of, I pay, yep. I learned somewhere somewhere in there, I just connected the two. I was like, ah, this is my this is my yeah, work. Like me, I had, to, I had to learn not to complain when I'm tired because I stayed up too late because then that's yeah. my wife gives me that, hey, bro, you made the choice, right? <laughs> Exactly. She gives you the look. She gives you the look, right? All right. Next one. Lake or ocean? Ooh. Ocean. Yeah. I'm an ocean guy. Yeah. More of a beach guy. I don't care. Something about the water and drowning sounds terrible to me. So, like, I'm like waist deep in the ocean and chilling, waving at people kind of thing. The lake is just like, that's dirty water, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, and the ocean isn't the ocean isn't <laughs> well it's like but at least that way i don't know it's moving right half the, like the, the lake i grew up in west texas big time right so lake we called it is lake nasworthy in san angelo is called lake nasty water because it was just like man you never knew what was going to be in that water and so right. you know I, I was always fearful of going into the water in a lake and never coming back up so at least in the ocean i can kind of wait out there all that's kind of good but i just right. never know what's in the bottom of a lake man there's too many weirdos go to the lake so i'm, I'm an ocean guy <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, that's why I phrased the question that way, because I think people think ocean, but they think beach, right? So versus the ocean. And I, I just, I don't know. I just, me, me personally, I just think there's so much, the fact that we know more about space than what's underwater in an, in our oceans, right? I think that that freaks me out. So oh yeah, that, this is how I come up with these questions in case you're wondering. So. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. Next one. Sunday dinner. You're the chef. You got all kinds of family coming over. Big, uh, maybe big event. What, what you 100%. I'll buy ribeyes for 20 people. I don't care. Yeah. I grill. I love grilling. I've perfected my steak. 100%. If it's, if it's going to have a, a group over and I can't do steak, I make a pot roast. I got the recipe from my son from being at the firehouse. 
So pot roast and steak, those two things, 100%. Great stuff. Book, book you are currently reading or recently read? Uh, I just started the new John Grisham book. I'm a, I'm a John Grisham. Uh, oh my gosh. Just, I love the guy. Funny story, high school, senior year, I, I dropped uh, AP English. I was tired of, of being Mr. Go to the class all the time guy. And so I just wanted a regular English class. Had an incredible, she was like 25, 26 year old. I didn't know at the time, you know, age meant nothing back then. Right. I figured out later she was like 26 years old. And so she bought into really helping us. And she walked into me one day and she was like, you know what? You're bored. I'm going to give you a book. And she handed me A Time to Kill by John Grisham. And I read it and was mesmerized. Yeah. Uh, two months later, I graduated and we went out to Mississippi. My brother was a tennis player and they were playing in a national tennis tournament. And I found out that John Grisham was actually hosting the, the group of tennis players in. And I literally dressed like I thought John Grisham was going to dress. And I, I, I've got a picture somewhere. I wore a navy blue and white striped shirt with khaki pants or khaki shorts and, and Kohans. And that dude walked out wearing the same thing. You can't make this up. Wow. I got to meet him, all kinds of stuff. He actually signed my client book on site in my face. And anyway, long story short, I've read every single one of his deals. I've read, I've been to every movie premiere. Um, and uh, I'm now reading his newest book because uh, Mitch McDeer is back from the firm. And I'm, I'm excited to reconnect with, uh, with him, but I'm, I'm huge on those books. I'm, I'm a John Grisham uh, uh, guy. I love Alex Cross novels. And then I, I love John Patterson's, um, uh, John Sanford's Prey series, all the Lucas Davenport Prey series. Those are my stretches out there. And I like there's another one called uh, The Memory Man by Amos Decker. The guy gets hit coaching or playing football, and it causes him to have photographic memory of everything. He feels everything. Anyway, he becomes an FBI uh, worker and uses his brain. So it's, anyway, I'm all into that kind of stuff. On the non on the nonfiction side, I am rereading out Sir Alex Ferguson's The Manager. Again, and um, reading his books, uh, love to read his stuff. And then on the spiritual side, I'm always into Rick and Kay Warren. Rick Warren and Kay, Kay's my mom's cousin. And so The Purpose Driven Life and different books, Choose Joy. Um, so I try to stay up on two or three books from different kind of areas in my life at all times. All right. That's a lot. Good. Good. I like that. All right. Next one. Professional coach. Either maybe you pattern yourself, you're patterning yourself after, or you just, you highly admire and you just research. Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool. Yeah. Well, well, said. Said about it. well said, well said. I like that. Um, you're a Liverpool, you're a Liverpool guy. Oh, you'll never walk alone, brother. There Thanks. you go. It's about, it's about, My we've, guys, had, we've had way too many Man United. We've had way too many Man United people on. <laughs> nope. Nope. I mean, I, I, now if Man United's on, I'll watch them as a second, but, um, but life is great when Steven Gerrard would bury the ball in the back of the net and slide on his knees. That's, that was my world right there. <laughs> All right. Good to hear. I like that. I like that. All right. Next one. Um, well, it's kind of a two-parter. Current music and podcast playlist. What, do you, what are the go-tos? What's in the rotation, right? If kids pick up the phone right now. What kind of music are they going to come across? What kind of podcasts are they going to come across? So I'm, a, I'm, I'm a country music freak. Uh, there's two things I like, country music and Bon Jovi, right, at the end of the day. Um, I love me some Morgan Wallen. Um, I'm, I'm digging some Jelly Roll. Like, I'm trying to branch off my country music, but if if the world is sitting around and Rusty Oglesby's going to sit down and close his eyes on the back patio, either George Strait, George Jones, or Merle Haggard is going to be on with a side of Willie Nelson, and life is good for me. Um, then, you know, but I, I, I'm, I also I love my 80s music. 
Um, my favorite station on Pandora is Air Supply Radio. Um, I love those dudes. Ario Speed. I've seen Ario Speedwagon yeah. twelve yeah. times in concert. You know, one of those guys, right. and, uh, and 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 went and saw. Um, uh, 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 oh gosh, I just went blank. Uh, Foreigner. Sorry, my kid was coming downstairs. Foreigner. I saw them again in concert this last summer. So that's great. And then my podcast, man, I'm all about, I love Marcus and Morgan Luttrell. They have an incredible mm. podcast, The Lone Survivor. Yeah. So the Lone Survivor series, those guys, they're just fantastic. Um, they bring on guys from the military. Um, I, my uncle lived in, in San Diego for 20 years. I've got to know a lot of guys that have been former teams guys and the, the Master right. Chiefs of Buds. And awesome. I'm just enthralled by that life of what those guys have done for our country and service that they've given. Um, and to get to call some of those guys friends is mind blowing and um, just another part of this life that God's blessed me with. And I just love following what those guys do and what they try to do for the, the community at large. Great. Good stuff. All right. Next one. You got to you got to play one. You got to bench one and you got to cut one. All right. Zinedine Zidane, Ronaldinho and Andre Pirlo. OK, so tell me my choices. I know the people. What do I got to do? I got to play one, play one. Bench one and cut one. Start one, bench one, cut one. Oh, I'm starting Zidane. Not even close. Out of that, unbelievable. Um, I'm gonna. Oh, this is tough. The next, I'm gonna. I'm gonna regret saying this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put Ronaldinho in there, and then I'm gonna have to cut Pirlo. But I. But the reality, I'm saying that from a coaching perspective, my heart says Ronaldinho is too flashy for me. Give me Pirlo. You know, Pirlo yeah. tells a story years ago that on the day of the World Cup, he played FIFA for like six hours and then got up and went and won a World Cup that night. Like, he's just this chill-looking yeah. kind of dude. But without a doubt, have you ever seen Zidane's film of the touches, like balls? That's what Zidane did with the ball. Right, um, right. Um, I wish Zidane played today with the real – heavy world of social media that we lived in because kids have to go back and watch old YouTube videos. We got to live that, that dude. Yep. And, and if he played for any other country besides France would have been right. Imagine if Zidane played for England or if Zidane right. played for Brazil or whatever. Right. Can you imagine yep. that? Yep. Um, I mean, my God, just unbelievable. And I hate that his career is somewhat tarnished by the head, but, yeah. but then, yeah. but then yeah. what I love is the way he came back and became such a masterful magician as a manager right yeah that, that's what makes him special to me uh ronaldinho to me when you're when you're a fan of pele ronaldinho's not there does that make sense mm -hmm. so i could i could cut so let me flip that i could cut him and pirlo just the masterful pirlo the the free kicks the abilities all that kind of stuff right ronaldinho you got to have for comic relief though the guy with the ball was just ridiculous <laughs> right yeah. He was he was Maradona with an attitude of of life and carnival, right? At right. the end of the day. Pirlo, Andrea Pirlo, I think still to this day, one of the more underrated, underappreciated midfielders of of his generation, I think. Yeah. Um, Pirlo tells a story too. He he walked through New York City and nobody knew who he was. That always blew yeah. me away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I think if Zidane or Ronaldinho walked through New York, New York City, everybody would know who he was. So it was amazing to me to hear that he was so yeah. you know so private. Yeah, 
Next one. Favorite, or no, I'm sorry, game day superstition. Now, this is as a coach, not as a player, right? Game day superstitions, any game day superstitions or rituals? Uh, well, when I was coaching high school soccer, it was Whataburger on game day. Unless it was a Friday, then it was Rudy's. You had to meet your friends at Rudy's. So that was fine. If, if we did those two things, we were going to win. Uh, the other one is, um, uh, no joke, uh, Blistex and a, and a dry erase marker in my right pocket. All day, every really? day, every game, it'll happen this fall. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, the, 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 the Blistex keeps me from yelling at referees and the, 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 those two in my pocket, I can roll them. They're, they're kind of like those little uh, metal balls that you can kind of roll, you know, the, the little the meditation uh, balls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, that, that was my deal. And I take them and roll them. I wear, I got my wedding ring and my, my uh, 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 Tasco ring and I can roll them. And it, the clicking and everything just kind of chills me out. So it's kind of interesting. But yeah, those two things. <laughs> All right. Uh, you were, you just, you alluded to this just a little while ago. Any your most recent so Netflix, Prime Video, Hulu, what have you? Your most recent binge watch, Peaky Blinders. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, those dudes. I thought, I, I thought I read something about them recently that they're gonna. Is it a movie? Did you see something about that that they're gonna probably make a so. movie out of it? Yeah, probably so. Love so. me some Peaky Blinders. Like it's yeah. this life that's just so over the top crazy, <laughs> and how those yeah. dudes survive is just mind blowing to me. Um, I think my wife's on Virgin River for the second time. She's doing that one. Um, we nice. we went through, and of course, you know, Yellowstone. Geez, come I mean, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And then when she got tired of those, I, I went back and I was able to watch, you know, 1883 and, and 18, whatever the other one, 1903 or whatever. 1923 or something. One of those. Yeah, yeah. That was, so 1923, I have not seen. And oh, 1883, I think I... I think I only made it to the first through the first two episodes of 1883, and then I just kind of felt yeah. so. I got I got to finish that one. I yeah, you need it. And those are those are real good to binge if you know what I'm saying. Like Yellowstone, right. you can wait week to week, but those 1883 just binge it straight through. Yeah, yeah. All right, bucket list destination Anfield. place place you haven't you haven't Anfield. been there yet. Have have not been there yet. I, I got to go to Anfield in December to see him play Manchester United. And cry when they sing "You'll Never Walk Alone" because I won't be able to do it. Yeah. So there's a story told. I got to years ago. Shellis, we had our, our coaching clinic. This is what really set me over the top with Liverpool. I've always been a Liverpool fan all the way back to the, you know, living in San Angelo, John Barnes days, right? Of mm-hmm. we're talking old school England, right? 1980s. Um, but it, but in that time, uh, it. it there was a deal in in when they went to Turkey, right? They were down three nil at the half, right? Just the wheels fell off the bus. Right. Milan's up three nil. Bill Beswick, the great sports psychologist out of England, uh, was was telling the story at halftime of the game. Um, everybody comes in and there's dead silence in the locker room, and Steven Gerrard is sitting there clicking his cleats on the on the floor. And suddenly Gerrard just steps up and walks over to the door, and he opens the door and he props it open. He calls his teammates over to the door and he says, lads, you've got to listen here to this. And, they, and in the middle of them being down 3-0, the crowd is singing, you'll never walk alone, so loud that they could hear it in the locker room. And they went out and, of course, right. the rest history is told. They scored three goals in the first 12 minutes of the second half, win the game in penalty kicks. Yeah. Um, and But to hear Bill Beswick tell the story, right? Yeah. It was goosebumps. That's goosebumps. Unbelievable, right? So I have – I have their that Champions League. I have that entire DVD set up 
Um, I have the entire season, all the transitions made, Rafa Benitez, everything. I have that whole thing on DVD. And when I'm when I'm down in the dumps, I go watch that. Man, I, I'm telling you. And to think they were one goal away, right? They're stoppage time away from going to the European side of everything, not going to the Champions League. Right. And Steven, Stevie G hits a banger from 25 out. Um, and they, they win. He slides off and they go on and win the, the Champions League that year in Turkey. It's just an incredible story. Yeah, still to this day, the uh, what the greatest greatest uh, greatest comeback in Champions League final history. Greatest, right? great, yeah, yeah. yeah, the miracle of Istanbul, unbelievable, yeah. great stuff. All right, a couple more for you, Coach. We're almost done. So, uh, superpower question here: Speak every language or talk to animals? Speak every language, one hundred percent. To walk into any room and be able to communicate with fluidity would be priceless. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because half, half the animals want to kill us, probably. And so I don't want to know that the bear wants to eat me. So <laughs> I don't want to know. So I want to talk to any human being with whatever language it takes. Yeah. Well, I never quite thought about it like that. But yeah. yeah I, uh, that's the but, perspective of life, right? It's what, speak every language, no doubt. I think, especially as a soccer coach, if you're a soccer person, right? Anywhere in the world, you know, it just, yeah, makes total sense to me. So, yeah. All right, coach, last one here. All right. This is kind of a, kind of a, big one to try to get your arms around so all right so rusty oglesby has appointed the soccer czar in america you oversee everything right you just everyone answers to you whatever you decide goes right what is maybe the first agenda item number one in terms of soccer in america what is the first thing you would change soccer in america tomorrow no one can travel more than 50 miles from home to play a match Mm. let that sink in yeah yeah you know i look back on it because i'm going to tell you right now i look back on my life my career was now granted i'm going to say that and say we went more than 50 miles because from abilene to san angelo i mean from you know it was 90 miles or you, you get what i'm saying though but call it 100 miles whatever but but at the end of the day we stayed right there and i played soccer in abilene texas against other kids from abilene texas and we showed up at high school in Abilene, Texas, and then we went and played our high school games. But I'm saying as a youth player, there was never a need for us to go more than Abilene to San Angelo to find the competition we needed to find to be good at the game we played. Right. Getting on a plane in Dallas, Texas, every other weekend and flying to Spokane, Washington or, right. you know, Florida or whatever. I, I, I've seen so many kids give up the game they love because of the miles created on their parents' credit card. If we just let them just play the stinking game, man, I paid $35 in the fall and $35 in the spring and I wouldn't change my career for anything. Yeah. When I, when I've gotten into these, these particular conversations with different individuals, different coaches of all levels, right? Not just high school coaches, college coaches, club coaches. I come back to one question is in, in regards to this topic that you're, that you're talking about is make it make sense. Yep. Right. And the further and further they try to dive into the explanation, the less and less sense it makes. Yeah. 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 I agree. I yeah. Agree. I mean, obviously without going down too many rabbit holes, I could, I could go down some rabbit holes, but I, <laughs> right. I'd make right. Them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's another podcast in itself, right? It's a whole other podcast yeah. in the, but and a, lot of, a lot of other things, yeah. <laughs> and that's precisely why I like to ask that question 
uh, in general, regardless of level, right? College coach, sure. high school coach, sure. club coach, but yeah. So yeah, I, coach, I, that's going to do it. That's the last one there. You survived. Yeah, you survived. I, made it, man. I, can, I can take off my Under Armour now. I was getting a little sweaty there for a second. I had a hot seat. That's good to go. Hector, well, man, I can't even begin to thank you for this. This was a joy after the the long two weeks I've had, man. This is a great way to end that and send me off to Harden Simmons. Uh, it means a lot that I was even asked to be on here. Um, I've, I've totally admired what you do in this podcast and being able to be on here is, is honestly just fantastic. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Coach appreciate likewise, grateful for your time, uh, just your consideration and your accessibility as well. And, uh, just really being about the people. That's one the, one of the greatest things that has me most excited for you being in both your roles. Uh, but particularly as president of United soccer coaches is that just the, uh, the authenticity, right. Um, uh, and the transparency. So, Really grateful to have you here. And as a customary coach, what we do is in our stoppage time here, kind of share any final thoughts, shout outs, thank yous, anything that's on your mind as it relates to the game. The floor is yours. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I encourage everybody to get involved in their local associations. Like I'm obviously I'm biased on United Soccer coaches, um, but, you know, high school coaches get involved in your high school associations, wherever you are. Tasco is a phenomenal uh, association for the state of Texas. If you ever have any questions, please reach out to us. Um, we, we, I say we, because all of us that have done this are accessible and I want you to remember that. And, uh, please follow us along right here. You see my information for X or Twitter or whatever it's called nowadays. Yeah. Um, give us a follow, uh, not because of stuff that you, I just want to help promote the game. So that's not about me. I don't, I don't post enough stuff that's worthwhile, but I sure love to retweet anything that you guys tag me in and, and anything I can do to help anybody's career. Um, young players get involved in coaching. Uh, females get involved in coaching. We need female coaches that give back to the game. Um, I think there's a discrepancy in, in how female players see, see coaches because they get so used to one thing. And I think it's a time and place now for more female coaches to be involved and I encourage all our youth players and high school and college players to come out and get their license and go coach, give back to the game that gave you so much. Um, and then lastly, just to my coaches and, and my family, like I told you, I'm, I mentioned obviously Randy Allen and um, Jimmy Keeling and those guys that I've talked about and all that kind of stuff and Shellis and Barry, like these guys just made such an impact. And I coach, like I said, because of those people, um, but I can't be where I'm at today without my family. Um, my older kids, Cutter and Chastity, my babies, Oakley and Jacelyn, my incredible wife, Corey, that's just a phenomenal soccer coach. Um, and then my mom that lives with us and helps behind the scenes with the babies and kind of keeps us all going. So we got a lot of transition going on. And um, and yet I got so many friends that are out there just so willing to help. And um, I'm just excited to be taking on this new role and, and uh, excited to be going home. It's a, it's a perfect time for my life to go home. Great stuff. And before we let you go, Coach, we got a, another surprise. We got another surprise here for what? you. Looky there. Looky there. Hey, baby. Hey. Oh, my Coach. God. Coach, how <laughs> I are was you? wondering, as you were talking about the family, I was like, does he know I'm here? And it, no, and I had no out. idea. Look, see, I even talk about you when you're not even knowing that I, I had no idea. I know. Yeah. What about oh, guys? <laughs> Coach, how are you? I'm the emotional big old baby in the family. We we we, we talk about this all the time. Hi, hon. 
I'm ready for and, you to uh, get home. We just, yeah, my girls and I, we just got back from Georgetown. So got three big wins awesome. this weekend. So it was great. Safe trip. Well, they come on home. Right. Chastity, Chastity. Who did you all? Uh, yeah, Chastity sorry, loaded yeah, Chastity loaded up the babies. She just wanted to bring the babies to come see you. So. Yeah, I'm waiting for it right now. I'm sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> no, Coach, I was going to ask you your results. Who did you all play in, in Georgetown? So we played Kingwood and won 2-0. We played Ascacita. I'm, I'm, I Tap really messed up that room. Yeah, we won 5-1. And then we beat Abilene today 5-0. Oh, nice. Great stuff. So got some goals going into districts on Tuesday. So that was good. You, you know, go. like I said, Are Hector, real easy play? conversations on her giving up her coaching. Just real easy conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty lucky and blessed where I'm at right now. So. Right. We're figuring yeah. out a lot of things. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So you start district play on Tuesday. Is that correct? Uh, well, we actually started last Tuesday. Uh, oh, just okay. Tuesday. Well, we we had a change in schedule because of the big ECNL tournament that's popping up in Dallas okay. in February. Okay. okay. So we altered our schedule a little bit uh, on the girls' side. So we have our second game this coming Tuesday. Okay, great. So hopefully we'll do well and get a positive result. Awesome. So you actually caught us. It was perfect timing. You caught us as we are on our way out. And obviously Rusty was uh, sharing his final thoughts in stoppage time. But is there is there anything? Uh, so you made it back home already, right? Safe, safe travel, safe trip? Yes, sir. We yeah. did. Awesome. Is there anything uh, you'd like to share before we wrap up here? No, it's just, you know what? Soccer's just been such a blessing to our family. It's brought us together, Rusty and I. That's how we met through high school and through club. And it's just continuing to do really wonderful things for our family. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just lucky to be a part of the sport that we love and figuring this whole thing out together. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah. thank you so much for allowing my husband to get on here. Hopefully it was productive and informative. And, you know, he's pretty good at talking. Oh, no doubt. No, it was great. It was great. We're the ones we're the ones that are humbled and blessed to be able to have him join us. And like I said, I was just in the middle of telling him, you know, uh, grateful for uh, his time and uh, his accessibility. So, uh, yeah, just and, and I've heard so many great things about him for so many years. And this is finally, you know, we had the chance to actually connect and meet. And uh, he was all about it, being able to come on here. And I said, you know, we're just we're just a little, little old podcast, you know, nothing big, but the fact that the, you know, president of United soccer coaches can make the time to be here. We're, we're grateful for that. And we're humbled by that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for allowing him to get on there. Hopefully you didn't make his ego any bigger. I mean, <laughs> like that. No, I'm just it was kidding. really, Corey, it was really cool. He, he caught me right at the very first two. He said, I got a guest person. I'm like, Oh God, I never know. Michael Johnston actually posted on here and all this kind of stuff, but Jeff Van Dusen jumped on. So the first five minutes or so, Jeff was on with me. So That's we, fantastic. We, had, we had a little banter back and forth. So it was good. All right. All right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Coach. We know you got to run. You're drop, dropping off. Obviously, look like you're still settling in uh, from your trip. But uh, just wanted to tell you, uh, just wanted to say thank you for joining us as well and surprising, uh, surprising your husband. Yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Thank you so much for the surprise on. <laughs> I figured it was coming when you said, hey, I have a surprise. I was like, oh, no, he's going to put me on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Coach. We'll see you. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And so double surprise there, Coach. Got you yeah, twice. That's good. Uh, you, yeah, that's You made my day, dude. That's fantastic. <laughs> she is she yeah. is beyond special. She's exactly. got a crown jewel in heaven, I tell you. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to wrap this up so this way you can go awesome. ahead and talk to her, talk to her sooner. Uh, my final thoughts uh, as, as we segue on out of here is really nothing really big. Just uh, I know 
most a lot of districts definitely the bigger uh bigger districts should have started um kind of a, maybe a false start in terms of weather uh but uh districts a lot of district play has begun already so i want to wish everybody luck once again i know my girls we were able to finally kick off district play yesterday actually mm-hmm. so right so grateful grateful to be able to play the, the fact that we get to that's always so important right is to have that Absolutely. attitude of, that attitude of gratitude and looking at something as we get to right not that we have to so uh want to wish everybody the absolute best of luck on their seasons their district play you know the real season the important the heart of our yeah. season has begun so want to wish everybody the best of luck again you can uh, you can find us you can connect with us uh on social media on twitter x at 50 underscore 50 pod if you're watching this obviously you can see this at the header of of the screen uh you can also find us on instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast and then on youtube just simply search the 50 underscore 50 podcast uh go on there and like subscribe subscribe to us on youtube you can also get your you can listen to us the audio podcast the audio version of the podcast Wherever you listen to your podcast on all major podcast platforms, go on there, subscribe, write us a review if you can. You know, if you think we're good, tell us. If you think we're we stink, we need to work on stuff. Tell us that too. You know, we'll we'll be sure to work on that. Uh, but giving us that rating just helps with the algorithms and makes us more accessible for sure. So, thank you to our listeners, to our supporters. And now we just one thing that I did want to share. We just hit our now being listened to in 50 different countries to this day i have no idea how the heck that happened but we're grateful for it nonetheless but uh, you're the reason why we do it we always say it it can sound a little cheesy to sound a little corny but it reminds us of our why and why we do this and we're doing it for you all you're the reason why we do it so thank you for our supporters our listeners and you know what to do until the next time keep downloading and keep listening you've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by national scouting report Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.